sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. One of the things that's most common to life to the life of a Catholic is going to Mass. But why do we do what we do at Mass, and what difference does it make to my life? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. Um, I don't just delete it. I, I, it doesn't go straight to spam. Truly, if you send an email, which is the best way to do it, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org, I will read it, and I will reply to you eventually. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than later. Uh, sometimes a little time can go by. But no, t- truthfully, um, please, we, we do appreciate listener feedback. If you've got uh, ideas for future episodes, questions about this episode, uh, always happy to receive them and and uh, respond to them. And you've uh, gotten some good ones. Yeah, we have gotten some good ones. Yeah. And so, Renee, you and I, more than one topic that we've discussed mm-hmm. uh, has been yes. from, from listeners emailing in. Yeah. More recently, uh, Taylor... And her husband uh, have emailed a couple topics that it turns out in this case it's been Robin and I sure. um, that are handling. So yeah, folks, please feel free. So this this is uh, if you're listening, Renee Kranz is is oh and and, and wait if to- if you send in a suggestion for a topic, make sure you say hey we'd really like to see Renee on that one because she's our favorite. <laughs> I'm not gonna get in the middle of this. I'm just gonna take a drink of my water right now. No comment from the host. <laughs> I, I I like I love both of it's it's like sure. how I am with children, my kids. Renee. Oh yeah, I love both of my Your co-hosts. kids. Don't even believe that, Chris. Uh, I, 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 there's a, a guy who I know who said when his kids would be, Dad, am I fa- if you're am I your favorite? Yes, when I am with you, you are my favorite. <laughs> so today, Renee, you are my favorite. That's great. Co-host. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so Renee, um, we we have this this. Uh, Occasional series, which is becoming uh, increasingly uh, less occasional, more um, occasional, or more occasional. Yes, is it less or more occasional? More occasional. Mm, really? So the further away it becomes, more occasional. Are you sure? I think so. I don't. But we'll save that for another time. We have our little, our little things that we argue about, like capitalization, capitalization, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's why I love being the theological editor of the Bishop's Bulletin for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Just the but thing, see, you're not the joy. editor, editor who actually know, takes care of the editor. capitalization. Yeah, but you're wrong. So I mean, we I can now. Okay, people are bored now. Just, Move right, along. right. So we we do have this occasional. What exactly that means is yet to be determined. Series on the Mass. Yes. So uh, particularly fitting because we're in the midst of the Eucharistic revival. Mm-hmm. Could be we could set a goal for ourselves, Renee, that we finish this series um, before, before the Eucharistic, the Eucharistic revival, revival is finishes. officially done. Oh, I, I like it. We could do that because yeah. it's been um, it's been like uh, four. Maybe five months. Oh, I felt like maybe it was longer than that. Time. No, uh, episode okay. five forty-three, okay. and today's episode five sixty. So okay. it's been seventeen weeks. Not bad. Not bad. Um, so, do you remember where we left off? <laughs> An episode four, I five, four, three. We're on the Eucharistic prayers. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. What? Are you serious? Yeah, we left off with the proclamation of the gospel. Oh, good grief! Oh, that, okay, that's close ish. We're getting there. We're finishing. <laughs> we're coming to the end of the liturgy of the word. Yes, that's, that's true. Yes, 
So we did. Last time we we talked about the proclamation of the gospel. We kind of ended. Uh, I did. I had to review the tape to see where, it, where and we ended with uh, just the note that if you ever go to a mass when the bishop is present, uh, whatever diocese you're oh, living yeah. in, you're, you are, in our case, Bishop DeGrood, um, how you uh, there's the whole kind of uh, unless you're used to it, um, the awkward like oh we can't sit yet because mm-hmm. that's right the deacon will. Um, bring the book of the gospels to the bishop for him to kiss and bless the right. congregation with, and then we all sit down yes. for yes. the homily. Right. So, Renee, one of the things that I, um, and I, I, I think homily is pretty much Catholic lingo, but occasionally I'll, t- I'll, I'll hear people talk about, but that was a great sermon mm-hmm. that Father gave today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and it, I think it's it's worth just taking a little bit to talk about what exactly a homily is and how it's distinct or how it can be at least distinct from a sermon. So, okay. So they're really not the same thing. Uh, one is a subset of the other. Okay. Is the, what I'll say. So, but I'm just curious, like your sense. So you would have thought of them synonymously. Mostly. Yes. Mostly. What would you say? So if they're synonymous, just for the sake of conversation right now, what is a homily or sermon about? It is usually, uh, about how does the gospel and the readings that were just read, um, what do they mean to your life? Like, how do you apply them to your real yeah. life? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's at least it. that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Like, how do I apply <laughs> them to my real life? Like, why does it matter? Right. Right. Exactly. And that, that is, and that's, so a sermon is probably the larger okay. term and, and uh homily is a specific kind of sermon. Oh. And the point of a homily is actually to do pretty much what you just said okay. to unpack the word um, that was proclaimed so we covered this in previous episodes in this series um, literally the word on Sundays we've got the first reading typically from the Old Testament the response to Psalm the second reading and then the gospel so four readings plus all the antiphons mm-hmm. and all the other things um, so typically it's the first reading maybe the psalm or the second reading or the gospel that are unpacked. And we've right. talked before, there's usually a thematic connection between several of those mm-hmm. readings. So the point of a homily is, is again, pretty much what you said. It's to unpack or... So maybe some explanation, mm-hmm. some understanding, and then application for the, for the priest or deacon, so for the cleric, to explain what it means objectively a little bit, but then also to help us think about what does this mean for me? Or right. what does this mean for us? Right as a family or as a parish community or whatever. Right. So that is the purpose of a homily. Now, I said it's a smaller, it's a subset of the larger category of sermon. So a sermon uh, can be about what really ever the person giving the sermon wants it to be about. It could be about Legos. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Uh, Well, I I wasn't thinking necessarily (laughs) Legos. You said Um, anything they wanted. Well, yeah. (laughs) I've seen a lot. I mean, between my life experience and then watching all sorts of things online, I've seen a lot of sermons. I'm not sure if I've seen one on Legos. So this is why, people, this is why the Mass series is taking so long. (laughs) (laughs) This is one example. Right, right. So like, where where you'll see this especially, so uh, think of like a... An evangelical megachurch worship service. Mm-hmm. The typical format for that would is um, uh, this is looking really great, big picture. Ooh, I want to um, hear that because I, I have no idea what the format is. Uh, a few worship songs, um, and then the pastor um, 
gives like a half hour, 45 minute sermon. Wow. Uh, and then there's a prayer uh, and then some more worship songs. And that's it. That's that's a. It's not the only, but that's a common format, if you will, okay. for an evangelical megachurch. No, not all Protestant churches. Like if you go to a, a Lutheran that's or a Methodist that's a church, different. that's a little bit closer to ours. Yep. Um, and there, so <clears throat> with a sermon. So what I've seen in a lot of, especially kind of the evangelical megachurch model, where you've got a long sermon, it's oftentimes part of a series as well. So okay. for the next six weeks. We're going to be talking about X. Mm-hmm. So every week, half an hour, 45 minutes, unpacking topic X. But they don't have like a prescribed order of what to go with. They just, the, the pastor can pick whatever he wants. Scripture. What is, you mean in terms right. of scripture? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. There's usually a little reading, but it's usually connected to the sermon. So oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the, the, the sermon drives the scripture. Right. Whereas for us, we, the, the homily, the scripture drives the homily. Right. Now there are a lot of, uh, it's interesting. One of the interesting things after Vatican II, when we had the reforms of the mass and the new lectionary, the cycle of readings, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Protestant churches adopted the same lectionary. So it's called the common lectionary. They don't include the readings from Maccabees and Judith and the uh-huh. other books. But but they do, by and large, that there are many churches. You can go to, into many Protestant churches across the world, frankly, even in the United States, and you might hear the same Sunday the same Sunday scripture readings right. that you'd hear uh, or at least at one or two of them. Yeah, so yeah. they'll use the same lectionary. So some Protestant uh, churches, the scripture does drive the sermon. Others, the sermon drives the scripture chosen. Because, so like in our case, um, uh, take our diocese right now. If if we did this sort of approach, if if we had uh, a broader sermon as opposed to a homily, uh, you, our pastors might be spending two months talking about this set of blaze oh, pastoral right. planning process, right. uh, and what that means for us—not just nuts and bolts and nitty gritty, but spiritually and so on. And they might be connecting it to like scripture passages that are evan- evangelizing type passages yep. or yep. things like yep. that. Yep, or how the community thrives and grows right. together right. and so on. Um, that might be now you can still you can still and, and there is allowance for kind of working a theme into sure uh, it can be a legitimate approach to do homilies that way but it should always again the goal is this is part this is this is approaching the end of that part of the mass called the liturgy of the word the mm-hmm. first major part of the mass and it's the focus is really on the word of God found in sacred scripture right. so it's supposed to be again scripture drives the homily it's supposed to be Excuse me. That unpacking of the of the scripture readings in the homily. So again, homily focused on that unpacking. Sermon is a broader category that is less necessarily tied to a particular order. Unpacking a particular order of scriptures. Okay. okay. Does that makes sense. Yep. Um, how long is this homily supposed to be, Renee? Uh, I believe around ten minutes ish. Where do you remember where you heard that? Uh... Because we only have 59 minutes to record to be nice. The communications office, 10 minutes, right. Um, uh, no, I know I've heard that somewhere. 
I don't know where. There is no official. There isn't. It really, and it really, it's, it, it's it's really a cultural norm. And by cultural, I don't just mean you know America versus Africa. I mean Saint Lambert's as opposed to Holy Spirit. Ah, so sure. the two parishes that we belong to that are about a mile, maybe two miles right. apart, um, and within that, from pastor to pastor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've, we've been at our parish for. 18-ish years, 19 years. Um, so we've had several different pastors, and they, I, I've, I've had a pastor who tends towards more of a four or five-minute homily. Mm-hmm. I've had pastors who go with more like an 18-minute homily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really does vary to vary. Now, what I'm going to name... And name names here, not not in terms of our priests and how long their homilies are. Um, <laughs> but one... one um, uh, a man who I really respect and admire, Deacon James Keating, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, currently teaches at Kenrick Glennon Seminary mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Uh, deacon Keating uh, has really, as a, as a permanent deacon, he has also been involved in the formation of permanent deacons the, over the course of his career in sure. ministry, if you will. Um, and, and his thing is, listen... Five minutes, guys. You get five minutes. And wow. now, now, there are a lot of priests who I admire and respect, just as I admire and respect Deacon Keating, who would like, no way. I'm... <laughs> I can't say anything in five minutes. What are you kidding me? Yeah, so it depends who you ask. You'll get a whole variety of responses. Right. I think the key thing here, um, uh, well, a couple just kind of key things, and then, then we'll move on. It, it's not about the cleric who's giving the homily. Um, I think that can be just as somebody who doesn't give homilies, but who does, who is in front of people on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, it's a, it's a real temptation to, um, and not out of just very subtly, very subtly, um, make the homily about you. Now I, 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 I really, oh, the priest making it about the priest them. making okay. it about okay. them. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. The, yeah. The priest or deacon making it about them. Um, that's in my experience, many, mo- definitely most of the priests in our diocese that I've heard preach do a really fine job mm-hmm. of avoiding that temptation. Right. Um, because the job of the cleric, of the preacher, is to unpack it for for the congregation. How would they make it about them? I'm just trying to like picture that in my head. Like I shouldn't ask that question because I probably really put you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know how you'd make it about um, yourself. Uh, See, I did. I'm sorry. It's a good question. Scratch Renee. that. Yeah. I'm never mind. I think you'll know it if you see it or hear you'll, it. Yeah. yeah. You'll be like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah. If you're, yeah. You, it's Maybe one of those about things. a pet peeve you have or something like that. I suppose I could well, see and that. I, like I don't know that. You, I don't know it'd be obvious in one homily. I think this, when I see it most, uh, to the degree I ever see it, it's over the course sure. of a series sure. of homilies. He's always talking about himself and not just, I think it's one thing to illustrate from right. your own life mm-hmm. experience. I mm-hmm. think that's important, frankly. Right. <clears throat> not always mm-hmm. necessary, but it can be really valuable. Right. But you can tell. Yeah. When it's actually not about the people. Right. It's about himself. Right. Um, the, the other key takeaway, uh, and this is more for us as the congregation, Always, this this man is ordained by God for, well, and 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 typically the bishop has granted him the the authority to unpack the gospel 
the, the, the scriptures in an authoritative way for you right. and for me. He can be the worst homilist uh, in the universe. But as long as he is, I'm, I'm, I want to establish a certain bar here. As long as it's orthodox, mm-hmm. I here's my challenge. Look for the thing that's for you. Sure. Because I would say almost every time you'll be able to find something. Right. Even if he's the worst homeless you've ever heard. As long as it's orthodox, mm-hmm. if it's a man who's who's who really is trying to open the, proclaim the word and open it up for you, you'll find something in there. Because we can, it could be so, oh my gosh, like you know, him. <laughs> well, sometimes it's more... In my experience, sometimes it's more, I can't really follow where you're going. Like you're all mm. over the place. And so yep. you're kind of like, I, I don't really know how to connect all the things you just talked about. Right. So exactly. thank you. That's a, I really appreciate that concrete example. Yeah. So what I would say is in that circumstance, that's fine. Like if you can't, like, I have no idea what the overall point right. of that homily right. was, but mm. there was something that he said that mm-hmm. was for me. They'd be open to that one thing, even if the thing as as a whole was just like a complete disaster. Right. <laughs> that there's there was something there for you. Right. So, don't, in other words, don't shut down, mm-hmm. don't close off, don't tune out. <laughs> but the, but the Packers are playing ten, here. No, it's like ten minutes. Let's go. <laughs> right. I'm that, kidding. That, I'm that. kidding. Um, if it's good, I don't really care how long it but is. But even if it's bad. <laughs> even if it's bad. <laughs> don't tune you out. You were just saying that. And then don't I went right on the other side. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. Thought, questions from you, Renee. Uh, <clears throat> the homily. No, I, I agree with you because, of course, there are always um, sometimes, and it's not always just that a certain priest always gives bad homilies, but sometimes they maybe just don't come out quite the way he wanted sure. them to. And you can almost always get something yep. out of there. And yeah, you have to just listen for it. Yep. I know it can be very, get distracted sometimes. That might be why you didn't understand everything because you may have tuned out for a minute maybe. or two. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that might possibly be. Yeah, so tr- truthfully, I mean, t- to offer a little prayer, to say a little prayer, and Lord, help me as, as the priest or deacon or bishop begins this homily. Lord, help me to hear what it is that you want me to hear within this homily. Do you, in your experience, like, do you know, do most priests write out their homily and then memorize it? Do they have notes? I've seen, it seems like, for instance, it seems like Bishop DeGrude, for example, kind of, he know. I think he knows what he wants to say, but he kind of flies by the seat of his pants to a degree. Yeah. Um, But then, for instance, like Archbishop Gullickson, um, he actually writes his out. That yep. the way I understand it, that comes from being a nuncio. <laughs> uh, and I know, and I know, um, I know priests who are of a similar mindset as Archbishop Gullickson, who write out or type right. out their homilies and read them, right? Uh, because so, so that way nobody can ever say, "Well, he said this." Right. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said right this. <laughs> um, I, I I do I I, I can't, very rarely have I seen a written out homily that's memorized and then quote unquote delivered. Right. Unless you have a really good memory or something, but yeah. But usually it's either if they write it out word for word, they're reading it with, and and, and to be clear, like Archbishop Gullickson is a good example. He reads it well. I mean, it's not just like, and then (laughs) turn page. I mean, he, it's an engaging, it's an engaged reading of the text. Um, I, most priests in my experience have notes. Right. 
uh, and then they sort of it, it, that provides the framework, like yeah. whether it's an outline or just things yeah. here and there that are connected. Yeah. Um, our, our our priest right now is Father, pastor is Father Paul King, and I, Father Paul uses three by five note cards. Okay. And he's got notes. I've seen notes. some deacons do that. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I, I like that for some reason. You know, know, and interestingly, uh, when Father Simple was at Holy Spirit, uh, if you're familiar with Holy Spirit, it's of course set up a little different, and the altar is kind of like in the middle yep. of the pews, and rather than stand at the ambo, he would be kind of wandering around, which many of our of our priests have done over the years, um, but he never had any notes. Yeah. yeah. So he's very extemporaneous, yep. and and so. And, yep. and usually, almost always great. <laughs> <laughs> almost Shout out to Father Chuck Simple. <laughs> usually, and I don't know about Father Chuck, but uh, oftentimes, so you, there will be three main points. You'll see a lot of priests yes. do that. And that yes. way, they have the freedom to yeah. fill in around those three main right. points. And right. they're not, um, yeah, they're not as notes driven right. that way. Right. Have you ever wanted to give a homily? Oh. I'm sorry. Have you just met me? Why? Why don't you want to give a homily? I am terrified of I don't speaking mean, in front of groups. Could you give a homily? Could, no. Why not? I don't want to. <laughs> not just that, Renee. I'm going somewhere. You're, 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 could you're I? Like, could I teach the faith? That's what you're asking. No, me. I'm asking. Could you give a homily? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't. No. <laughs> At least could saying I, no. Could I? Couldn't. Could I give a homily? Yeah, you could. Well, no, you can't. You could, but you're not allowed. How about that? What? You're not asking me, like. No, Elise was tracking me with me. More she was clearly. And I was why, why am I not allowed? What do you mean? You're not That's ordained. jerky. Well, so. Well, too bad. I mean, I've got a doctor in theology. I can. I know more about scripture than well, you know, probably do. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> many many of the priests who come on Catholic views are always like, "I hope I don't say anything wrong." Doctor Bergwald might yell at me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what I I run around the diocese of Sioux Falls yelling, yelling at priests. At priests. Yeah, I know you really do. That's really what I do. Um, I know I I I love scripture. I know scripture. What? That's not fair. You can talk about it in other venues. Why not that venue? Because you're not ordained. And so you, and the the priest is teaching in the person of Christ? Is that what's happening? Yeah, but deacons get to give homilies. But deacons have been given that role in their ordination. But yes, they have. Yes. Yes, they have. They are specifically ordained, for among other reasons, yeah. to proclaim the word. Now, yeah. I want to be really clear here, uh, and I kind of hinted at it before, um, the the right to preach can be is not automatically due. It's sure. typically given at ordination. Typically for deacons given, specifically? For, uh, or priests? Well? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Ken lawyers, <laughs> feel free to email me, admission at isocathic.org, <laughs> to clarify that question. Even a priest, I think, has to is, is has to be given... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a phrase for it that's escaping me right now, but the right to preach. In other words, to give a homily. Mm-hmm. Not just to read the gospel, but to give a homily. And mm-hmm. I believe even in the case of a priest, that that right can be removed. Sure. Uh, oh, I almost... I almost... Anyway... Um, <laughs> So, so it's not an automatic, but but they are ordained to proclaim the word and to expound on it in a liturgical context. And I, as learned as I may be, <laughs> uh, am not. Right. I'm not. And that's okay. And yeah, and so this is just part of embracing the way that God has created His church. Mm-hmm. 
it's not, and this goes back to this, it's not about the guy's brilliance or even his holiness. Or equality. Or, or, or it's not about, yeah, our equality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about the fact that God, the church has, and therefore God has ordained him for this purpose and not me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm uncomfortable with that, maybe I need to take that to the Lord. Right. In fact, that I, I would need to, and I, I am comfortable with it. Um, but but that's just a reality that the ordained are the ones who preach. Now, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about confusion in the church, and yeah. the German bishops have other ideas, but they have all sorts of other ideas. You can go back and listen to the episode. They're they're proposing that laity give oh. homilies. Oh, of course um, they are. Why should that surprise me? <laughs> now, just to be clear, did you say a minute ago that you're uncomfortable with it or comfortable with it? Because it sounded like you said you're uncomfortable with the fact that you can't. No, no, okay. I'm comfortable. Okay. Your your words I'm were a little very, slurry. Very, very. from your three thirty a.m. Bishop, Bishop DeGrude, listen very close. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no I'm I'm totally comfortable Great. with. I I don't like. I've. You're not I'm, upset by the fact that you no, can't preach a homily. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, Father Paul King, I could do that so much better. <laughs> never, never. Get out of the way. Get, let me just. <laughs> let me take care of this. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was pretty sure that was the answer, but your I'm, the language I'm glad came if, through if a little If I may have misspoke or uh, it wasn't clear, yeah. I'm glad you asked me to clarify. Yeah. So, um, we, Wait, got hey, we got through the homily. Two minutes left. <laughs> what comes after the homily, Renee? Uh, the, oh, the prayers of the faithful. Nope. Well, oh, I'm sorry. The, the creed. Elise. <laughs> Well, it depends on if you're at a um, yeah Sunday mass is Sunday what we're talking about here because there's no second reading mass. at the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> sure that's what you meant that's what I meant staff is always here to bail you out yep I know thank goodness Whew. thank you that's right we got a team over here but but oftentimes you actually see something that's not strictly called for but is I think a beautiful practice actually before that oh just some time of silence yeah yeah yep I actually really do like that too. So, um, again, this is not strictly speaking prescribed, but the aforementioned Deacon James Keating mm-hmm. uh, has, has really encouraged clerics to, after your homily, after your homily, before the creed, um, just some silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word has just been proclaimed and expounded upon, unpacked, and now allow the congregation some time for them to really actually make those connections right. that you've just sort of laid out. Right. And so like this rich banquet has been presented to us in the word. And then the, the priest or deacon has pointed out, Oh, this and about, mm-hmm. and now is your opportunity to feast. Right. Um, or to continue to feast if mm-hmm. you will. So if, if there, I love the, and not long, like literally like even 30 seconds right. would be enough. 30 it's seconds like, seems like long enough sure anyway. Does. When you're sitting there. <laughs> Like, is he ever going to get up and do the creed? Um, Again, as far as I I don't think that's, it's not formally called for. Oh, it's not. Okay. But it's a beautiful practice. Okay. I know we're going to get to it at some point, but we may have a second. Uh, Is it, is silence formally called for after communion? Mm, We'll get to it. I don't think so. Okay. But we'll get to it one day. We'll get to it Uh, (laughs) next year. Next time in this occasional series, we still have to find out if it's more or less and what that means. Uh, We're going to look at the creed because it's actually two options, as you might recall, Renee. 
Right. But we'll get to that later. Later. Thanks, awesome. Renee, for being here again. You're welcome. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.